Welcome to the Solo Women RV Podcast, where we share stories, tips, and advice from solo women RVers, van lifers, and campers who are making their travel dreams come true. Whether you're just getting started in solo travel or are a seasoned expert, this show is for you. Join us. Just because you're solo doesn't mean you're alone. Here's your host, Kathy Belch. I want to thank Beth Green for recording my new introduction. This is episode number 36, and today we're going to be talking all things Starlink with my guest, Carrie Kalmbach. Now, Carrie and I recently had a different interview planned. Uh, We got on and we were talking about her five years on the road as a solo traveler and all the different ways that she stayed connected. And we got into talking about Starlink a little bit. And then right after we recorded that interview, some really big changes were announced with Starlink. And so I asked her to come back on and talk about that. If you're an RVer, you know that one of the biggest issues can be finding decent cell service or Wi-Fi to connect when you're on the road. And Starlink could be the solution we've all been waiting for. So if you don't know what Starlink is, it's basically a satellite system that helps you connect to the internet via satellites rather than a cell tower or a Wi-Fi signal. Um, Starlink was created by Elon Musk, who is the same guy who brought us the Tesla electric car. It's still a relatively new technology and it's in the beta phase. Uh, The first iteration of Starlink only worked from a set location like your home. But just this month, the month of March, they've turned on a roaming feature, which now makes it more feasible option for our viewers. So today my guest Carrie, who is a scientist by the way, and has done a lot of her own personal research on Starlink. Um, at first she wasn't totally impressed because she couldn't take the technology more than a few miles from her home. She was actually about to sell her unit Um, But then the roaming feature became available. So I asked her to jump on a quick call again so that we can go over all the features and benefits of Starlink for RVers and also some reasons why it might not be the best solution for you. Hey, so Carrie, thanks for jumping back on. Um, We kind of ended our last conversation with you telling me that you didn't think Starlink was a really good choice. But since we talked, there's been some changes with Starlink. So I really want to hear what's new yeah. and what your thoughts are. Yeah, so part two, um, I got my, my dish back. So I had it all packaged, gave it to a friend to give it to this person. I had their money in my bank account. And um, I started noticing, and what I noticed was uh, a couple people posted on one of, the four, one of the Facebook groups I'm on, which is Starlink for RVers and other mobile people which is a private group run by a friend of mine. And they're like, roaming is turned on. And so what roaming means, so previously you were linked to a service address. And so you could use your Starlink within a certain radius, like maybe five miles or so. But as you went away from your service address, you know, where it was registered, it, the signal would degrade pretty substantially. So like, before I had talked to you, I tried to go about 30 or 40 miles away from my service address, which is my, my house. And it didn't work at all. Like it tried, it was searching, but it just didn't work. So they turned on roaming and, and, and rolled it out for everyone. And I, the following week took my thing out, took my dish out to 
a place about 60 miles away from where my service address is. And I was getting just as fast in that new location as I was before. And so basically what that means is that Starlink is legit for our viewers now. And that is very, very new. Only as of like March 4th, were people able to like test it and like get it. And here we are mid-March. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to Alaska this summer and I'm taking my, my Starlink dish with me. I, I stole it, didn't steal it back. I gave the guy his money back um, very quickly, but I also- I'm surprised he let you have it back. <laughs> well, I helped him order a new one. And so that's something else that I wanted to share okay. with you, Kathy, because I know you're looking. So I was able to share with him a little bit of a hack as to how you can actually get, get, a, get, get one. So, okay. so if you, so Kathy, if you're interested in getting one, what you could do, so, so you still have to have two addresses. So you have your service address where you're supposed to be based and then you have a shipping address. Mm -hmm. But because roaming has come out, the service address is kind of arbitrary to be honest, because you can use it anywhere. So it doesn't really matter. But the way that it works, when you try to go into the starlink.com website, you'll stick your address in and it'll tell you, oh, this cell is full. You can't get it until late 2023 or something, right? Yeah, that's exactly what I got. Exactly. So that doesn't really matter <laughs> because if you can use the, if you can, you can sign up at an address that has no service or sorry, you can't, you can sign up at an address that does have service, but you can use the dish anywhere. So if that service address is arbitrary, what you can do is you can like search other addresses throughout the country to find a place that there is availability, right? And okay. so what that, yeah. So for example, my brother lives in New York State. Yep. Um, I looked his address up. Yep. And there wasn't a waiting list there. Exactly. Exactly. Because they're not at capacity, but in your particular location, they are. But in your brother's, they're not. Um, and so what you could do is you could sign up at his address, have it shipped to wherever you are, and use it where you're currently at. So it'll be roaming technically but it'll be registered at your brother's address. Okay, so I was a little nervous to do that because, you know, just trusting, is it gonna work or not? Exactly, well, exactly. So I can tell you that there have been dozens, if not hundreds of people in this group reporting that they have roaming. I mean, I can personally tell you that it worked. I had a friend of mine who was actually in the, on the south tip of Baja, Mexico, um, 400 miles south of his service address in a different country. Okay. And it still works. Wow. So um, I also helped some friends of mine in Canada get theirs two separate addresses. Um, again, they use the, a rural address where you're not really just making other people, you're not really putting other people at a disadvantage if you like go to an area where no one really lives because <laughs> yeah. there's only a few people that would benefit from that service address. Um, and then you can get your, you know, request the service be activated in that location, but have it shipped to you someplace else. I mean, it is $500. And actually as of today, I just got an email saying that the, they've raised their prices to $550 for the plus taxes, I believe shipping's free. So like it would be about $600 for me in Arizona because it's about $50 in taxes. Um, and then it's a hundred for me, I was paying a hundred dollars a month, but the monthly service fee has been increased to $110. Right. And they, they were very careful to say that was because of inflation. Okay. 
But right now, I mean, I'm paying like $100 a month between my two cell phones yep. and two hotspots. So um, having one, I mean, I would still keep my cell phone, but I could drop that yeah. down. Exactly. Um, so just curious, like there's places where I go where there's no cell phone mm -hmm. coverage. Yep. Will Starlink work there? Yep. It should. So the caveats to that are a couple of things. So one, it requires clearance. So you have to be able to see the sky. So if you're camping under trees, it's not going to work very well. Right. Oh, so, okay. if, yeah. So that's worth knowing. Like you have to almost, but I mean, most of us have solar anyway. So like you want to be in an open field anyway, and you can test whether or not like it has a, a feature in the app where you can actually take a video from your phone of the space and it will tell you if there are visual obstructions. So that's the one caveat. The okay. second caveat is that it doesn't work immediately. So because it kind of has to figure out where it is every time you pull it out, when you move to a new location, it'll take probably 20 minutes. It'll okay. just search the sky, try to find the nearest satellites and orient itself. So what'll often happen is in the first 20 minutes, it'll disconnect a couple times. So it will work and it will be fast but it, it's just not immediate. Like you pull out your cell phone, you have immediate connection. Right. right. And the last piece is Starlink is still, well, two, two more things, actually Starlink's in beta, which means that if Elon decides to turn roaming off, he could, you mm -hmm. know, we all hear about Elon, you know, tweeting things and things happen. Right. So I don't think that's likely, but it's always a possibility. And then the very last thing I was going to say about it being in beta, and this is probably the most important thing, as you go farther north, there's less coverage of the satellites that they're talking to. So I, there haven't been a lot of people in the RV community testing it as they go north. Um, but for instance, I'm going to Alaska, and that's where they, they do have service, but the service isn't as good up there because there's just fewer satellites in that area. What they did was they really launched the satellites to be um, synchronous with the United States and Canada and parts of Europe where they kind of beta tested the, the actual service. So mm -hmm. I've got great service in Arizona, but I'm not as certain about that service in Alaska. Okay. Or Canada. So Exactly. Or Northern Canada. So what I would say is, is it worth spending $550 to get it? Absolutely. Especially since most of us are spending 80, I mean, I'm not, but you know, a lot of people are spending 80 yeah. bucks a month on different cell phone providers. Um, cause you can always get your cell phone provider back. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So you can, you can always sign up for, um, sign up for another, like, I'm going to get rid of my T-Mobile. That was $50 a month that I absolutely do not need. Mm -hmm. But I'm still going to keep my $25 a month AT&T because that, that's a grandfathered plan and I'm never getting rid of it. Plus, it stays in my van and it powers my um, webcams. So if I'm okay. not there, but also the, um, and that uses very, very little electricity. The, the Starlink uses probably 40 watts on average, um, and it, which comes out to about 60 amp hours per 24 hours. So for every day you keep it, day and night, it's about 60 amp hours. So I'm not gonna run that at night. Um, okay. And so I will use my cell phone provider at night or I will just choose not to use it at night because it does use quite a bit of power. 100 watts of solar and about 100 amp hours of battery is about standard for people. So basically it would use, if you left it on day and night, it would use 60% of your capacity 
of that battery bank, assuming you didn't get any solar. Look at it that way. Um, so if you want to if you want to convert the 60 amp hours to how many watts, you multiply it by like 13.3. And that would I, I can't do that in my head, but that's how many watts it would use in a day. Okay. So all of that to say you do need a more sophisticated you need at least, I would say you have at least 200 amp hours of battery available. And I'm talking available capacity for AGM and lead acid chemistry batteries. You can only use 50% of the capacity. So if you have lead acid, but you only have a 200 amp hour battery, you really only have about hundred usable. And people will debate me on that, but it's a good rule of thumb. Okay. Um, lithium on the other hand, if you have 200 amp hours of lithium, you can use hundred percent of that capacity. Then you're probably safer to use it. Assuming you turn it off at night. The other rule of thumb, I mean, again, I'm not trying to give a tutorial in solar, but these are just, yeah. you know, no, no, people, no, this is good. for people, um, you should also have at least 100 watts of solar for every 100 amp hours of battery you have. So if you have um, 100 amp hours of battery, 100 watts of solar is, a, is, is usually enough to kind of keep it topped off during the day. Um, but when in doubt, especially people are just designing their systems, put as much solar as your roof will handle. It's cheap and you'll never regret having more solar because you can always add more batteries later, especially if you get lithium. The lithium batteries are, they don't care as much about the age. In other words, you can pair older batteries oh, okay. together without, without much issue. Okay. So anyway, that was a short primer in solar as well. Yeah. <laughs> I would, so if, if you have enough battery, you have enough solar, um, and you have the space for it. That's the other thing to consider. It's, mm. it's a big dish. It's probably two foot wide by like, I don't know, maybe 14 inches. And then it's another 12 inches deep. So I have a, an extended sprinter. So I have a lot of space in my garage, but I had to take, like, I'm not taking my freezer with me <laughs> because mm. I needed to make room for the Starlink. So if your listeners are like in a car, a minivan, or even a low top van, you really want to strongly consider whether or not it's worth carrying around that big, um, that big box. Gotcha. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. I think that's all my caveats. Um, what about now? Can you attach it to your roof or do you, or do you have to take it in and out? Um, I take it in and out. Um, I do know people that can attach it. Um, the problem, part of the problem with that is it needs to be able to articulate. And so you can't really, cause it needs to articulate 360 degrees or sorry, 180 degrees, like, uh, left, right. And then it also needs 180 degrees front back. So it needs to be able to go, it can really move Okay. much higher than, yeah, I, I, it's hard for me to describe, but like, think about like, it, it basically can articulate. Uh, half of a globe. Look at it that way, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so you could theoretically lay it flat, um, but if you like put it on the side of your van, you're kind of like removing half of the sky that it would potentially need to be able to look at. So if it's up on top, if it's mounted and like on the top of your roof rack or something and it can move around, that's the important thing. So honestly, I just find it easier just to, because I also don't want to leave it out at night. I'm, it's aside from my dogs it's probably the most valuable thing in my van so like I don't want to leave yeah. it outside at night I would just want to bring it in at night for my own for my own security all right are you going to get one do you think I don't know I'm going to think about it I'll do a little more research but I'm definitely interested and excited and interested about the technology for sure 
Yeah, and the other thing that I will add is that Elon has, um, because it's actually a 12 or 24 volt system, Elon has also tweeted that they're working on an adapter that'll kind of like, instead of having to convert it to house electric, like 120, which is what you normally plug into an outlet, um, which is what currently powers it, they're trying to convert it to something that you could just plug into a cigarette lighter. They don't have that yet. They're working on that, but that would be a really big benefit because there's power loss in each step of converting it. So mm -hmm. when you convert the power from your batteries through the inverter to like, what you're basically doing is going from 12 volt to 120 to 12 volt. <laughs> and so there's like, we could probably reduce that loss or reduce the overall consumption by at least 30 or 40% when that happens. So when they actually come out with that 12 volt system, that might be a better time to, uh, to invest for someone who has a smaller solar system. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. Okay. I'll quit talking because I can nerd out all day about this stuff. No, <laughs> I, I'm enjoying hearing this. This is good. Is there anything I didn't ask? No, no, no. I think those are the caveats, just kind of like the power it uses. Um, I think the only other thing to add is if you do get it, you might notice it's using more power than it should. It will come with like a, a, an auto warm, like a preheating feature, which basically means that it'll warm itself up so it'll melt snow, which is really clever actually. But one of the problems that's been reported, well, yeah, because it's going to snow, right? Yeah. Um, but it'll melt the snow off of it. So it uses more power. So you can turn that off. Just, just turn it off by default. It's in the app in the oh, configuration. Okay. But, but my best, but reason I mention it is that one of the big issues they've had with Starlink, and this is, this is true. Um, people would report obstructions in their house in the winter. And it's like, well, there's no snow. It should be, you know, there's no snow up there. Well, outdoor cats would actually come and curl up inside because it was warm and they're outside. Oh my right? God. So yeah. So this is a legitimate thing. So like, I don't think we have to worry about it quite as much being on the road because there aren't a lot of cats roaming around, especially yeah. for those of us who have dogs, but just keep in mind, you know, you might need to keep it away from, um, <laughs> it might be a good uh, napping spot for some unexpected yeah. animals. That's thank you for that. <laughs> um, yeah, good, good tip. So um, to follow up on your the talking about it needing to warm up. So when you put yeah. it out every morning, then mm -hmm. it has it takes like 20 minutes or so to get yeah. up and exactly. running. Okay. Yeah, and it's actually really funny to watch because you'll see it kind of like tip, it'll go flat eventually. At, at first and then it will start just kind of moving around trying to test the sky and so it may look like it's connected but it might not have the because it'll basically find a satellite in this direction and then it'll kind of keep searching and then it'll say oh but there's a better connection over here mm -hmm. um it's 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 trying to talk to the different sources because they're all over the sky um until it finds the best one and like at my house at the service address, it knows exactly where to look. It just goes, you know, right up to the okay. north piece of the sky. And that's where, that's where it finds the best um, connection. When you're in the middle of nowhere and in a different spot, it just needs that 20 minutes to try to like try trial and error a little bit and figure out what the best signal is. All right. Well, I'm excited for you to be able to be super connected when you hit the road this year. I am so excited because this really unlocks, as someone who's been on the road, um, for years, this is really a game changer because I can like, like my, my favorite camping spot in the world is Valley of the Gods in Utah. Zero cell signal. Like mm -hmm. if anyone tells you their cell signal in Valley of the Gods, they're lying. Okay. Um, you can get it on the plat, you can get 3G on top of the plateau that is like 
20 miles away. Okay. There's no signal. There's no use. There's no usable signal in Valley of the Gods, um, which is right by Monument Valley. But it's all open, beautiful vista skies. And so it's like the perfect location to be able to use Starlink. So um, wow. I'm really excited because I can spend more than just a weekend in Valley of the Gods. I could spend a whole week there if I wanted. Yeah. And oh, this is a question. If you have Starlink, how many friends can hook up to it? Uh, it's unlimited. And so I usually get above, I would say the download is great. So the download has never been below. It's at least a hundred uh, megabits per second, which is just screaming. The latency is probably around 30 or 40, which is pretty good. Like it's, it, you know, some people who do high-end gaming or something might have problems, but for normal, like, like conversations or video calls, certainly streaming, like really that latency is more than enough. Um, the limiting factor is the upload. So most people in casually using things, doing things on the internet, they're consuming things. So you're pulling things to your phone. That's where the download matters, right? So that's why they overinvest in all kinds of internet technologies in the download. You're always going to have a higher download than upload. But if you're doing video calls where I'm like right now, I'm sending a video signal to you, right. um, that takes bandwidth. And so you can have a lot of people streaming without really any kind of problem. But as soon as you start having multiple people that are like in meetings all day, like video mm -hmm. calls, that's when it'll start getting a little bit strapped because you're all consuming more of that upload. So technically, I don't think there's an upper limit to how many people can connect to the router itself, but practically, um, I would say that you, I would say a handful of people can go off the same one, but it really depends on what they're doing and how much bandwidth they're pulling with those activities. Yay. All right. I know there's no simple answer. Sorry, but hopefully. No, that without, no I mean, that <laughs> we answered it in more than one way, which yeah. I was just asking, like, technically, like, was there a limit? Yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, this is really exciting stuff. So I'm glad that we're making, because like, that's the thing that I find really frustrating about a lot of these spaces is, is all the nerdy men who are like jumping onto it, you know, all the tech bros that are kind of paying attention to this. But really the beautiful thing about Starlink is that it's one of the easiest pieces of technology to set up. You really okay. just pull it out of the box, plug it in, make sure there's no trees in the way. And it'll tell you in the app if there is. Like it's really wow. very simple. It's very simple to set up. Um, and, and you, so don't you, need, really, you don't need cell phone signal to use the app. That's a good question. I don't think you do. You need to download it before, so ahead of time. So you need to have it on your phone to set it up. So just make sure you have it installed on your phone. But so I would say try to set it up in an area and activate it in an area where you have cell reception just in case. Um, but other than that, I don't think it's necessary because the because the Starlink itself will actually just search the skies and find itself. Like it, the Starlink itself does not need cell service or Wi-Fi. Okay. Um, so yeah, um, I'm sure if I'm wrong, someone will correct me in the comments. Yeah, but it's it's very easy to set up. Um, you really you just the power I think is the biggest issue. So okay. when you get it, just make sure to turn the preheating feature off mm -hmm. so that it doesn't um, use that extra power unnecessarily. Because that would because if you keep the heating function on, it pulls like twice as much. Got it. Okay. Plus you'll get the the feral cats trying to make a nest out of it. <laughs>
Yeah. Yeah. Is there any, okay. I mean, there's no issues with it then sitting out in the sun getting hot. No, no, not at all. It's, okay. it's rated for about a hundred, I want to say 120 degrees and it's, and it's good to negative four, I think. I mean, check the specifications. Yeah. I don't remember okay. off the top of my head, but it's designed to sit on hot roofs. Like it's designed to be permanently installed outside. And I, when I had it out, I had it in, there was a windstorm when I was, and I had it sitting outside kind of precariously on some rocks overlooking like a cliff, which was not the brightest idea, but there was 60 mile an hour gusts and it didn't move at all. It didn't move anywhere. Okay. Yeah. So despite it being a really big, you know, thing with a lot of surface area to catch the wind, it's a pretty, and it's not that heavy to lift. It's maybe 15 or 20 pounds. So I can lift it. Um, it's actually lighter than that. Um, but, but I put it in a big tote to carry it so that it's protected, but it's very easy to lift and move around. So even individuals with, um, you know, more moderate disabilities shouldn't have an issue picking it up and moving it around. All right. Great. Well, cool. I can't cool. wait. Hopefully I'll get to see one in, uh, in real life before I yeah. invest in it to see how it works. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing they do actually have a full, they offer a full refund. I think it's within about 30 days. So if you decide you don't want it, um, you can always give it back to them. If you wanted to resell it, there's still a really hot market for it because not a lot of people are aware of the little hack that I shared with you or that, or that roaming's even available. I remember when I was looking, I was trying to figure out what to price it when I was selling it. And it cost me 500 bucks plus $50 in taxes. So I figured 550 was fair. Um, if you wanted to buy one on eBay, it was 2000 bucks. Oh my God. Okay. I'm not saying that's a fair market value, yeah, but no. like, what I'm saying is there is still a healthy market after, cause I had three or four people reached out wanting to buy it. Um, so there's definitely a, ha- a healthy resale market. Um, especially since roaming came out, a lot of people are ordering it. Um, so there's a backlog in the, um, like they're not shipping out as quickly as they would like to. So, um, there's anyway, all that to say, there's very healthy demand. Okay. Good to know. Okay. So I really want to thank my guest Carrie again today. I will air her original interview at a later date, but here are my key takeaways and what we know so far about Starlink. So number one, roaming was recently turned on. So Starlink might be a good option for RVers right now. But number two, it's currently in beta phase, so things could change. Number three, you will need more power to run Starlink than a traditional cell phone, so make sure you check what your power limits are. Number four, you'll also need some room for the dish in your RV, so make sure you have space for that. Number five, it's not cheap because you do need to pay about $550 for the dish and then it's a little over $100 a month for service. But if you get this, you may not need other internet when you travel. And number six, overall, the speed is quite impressive and should meet the capacity of most RVers. So thanks again for listening to another episode of the Solo Women RV Podcast. Please join our email list over at solowomenrv.com to stay up to date on all things solo RV travel related. And if you like what you heard today, please consider becoming a podcast sponsor. Details can be found over at anchor.fm slash Kathy hyphen Belge. And if you heard something today that you think someone else could benefit from, please share this episode with them 
or leave us a review on Apple or wherever you listen to your podcasts. The Solo Women RV podcast theme music is Field Station by Nicole Potolsky. And until next week, we'll see you out there on the road. Bye.